Hello, FPL managers. Guess what? We are back. The World Cup is over. It's time to start thinking about our FPL teams again. And hopefully, our FPL optimized podcast can help you with it. This is the podcast in which we combine analytics with the good old eye test. I am Bas, the casual manager, and my co host is Sertop, the data scientist. Data or grass or data and grass? That's the question. Yeah, Sertop, it's great to see you back again. Uh, how did you enjoy the World Cup break? It's good to see you back again, too. It was amazing. I tried to watch as many games as I could. I was rooting for Argentina from the start and I was happy to see that Messi finally got his World Cup. I think his Mm -hmm. collection is complete now. I also managed to combine a few old projects I have done. Um, I regenerated my expected goal model and improved its accuracy. And I also used my expected threat model that, uh, you know, I used optimization to minimize the errors in terms of symmetricity. And finally, I used clustering methods to analyze how teams attack when they have the ball. I mean, both as a football fan and as a football analytics fan, it it was a satisfying tournament for me. How was it for you, Bas? Yeah, it was good for me too. And uh, it sounds like you were really busy uh, beyond watching football. <laughs> um, and yeah, you know, it's always great to watch football. So I definitely did enjoy it, even though it took a bit of time maybe at the start to get into the World Cup spirit. But then, uh, you know, once the first game kicked off, uh, I got into the flow quite fast. And for me, being from the Netherlands, you know, we didn't play that well. But uh, I was impressed by the coach, by Louis van Gaal. He he really had a plan for the tournament. And he also really convinced the team that they could win it. And that was quite interesting uh, how he managed it and that the players really believed in it. And, well, in the end, it didn't work out. But at least, uh, let's say, we had a good final 40 minutes against Argentina. That was really a roller coaster. Uh, And then, unfortunately, we lost on penalties. But uh, yeah, that was a, at least a good game to, to watch and to enjoy. And congrats to all the Argentina fans out there with winning the cup. An impressive performance. So yeah, by now I put my orange shirt back into the closet. And I can shift uh, <laughs> my focus on FPL again. Uh, I only made a few quick drafts so far, to be honest. Uh, and now it's really time to start spending more time on it, as, as Boxing Day is uh, just now a few days uh, away from us. Uh, so I think our conversation here today in the podcast will also definitely help me. Uh, we received some great questions, as usual, on Twitter. So we will use those again to structure our conversation. And first of all, there are some double game weeks coming up. And that's definitely something all of us should consider, of course, when we... Uh, create our team Uh, and one question that we got from Dilksy on Twitter he was saying that it seems that even some seasoned managers sometimes tend to undervalue uh, double game weeks and he was wondering why it is Um, so how do you generally approach uh, double game weeks or top 
Yeah, to answer the first part of the question, I mean, I'm obviously not an expert on the, you know, human psychology, but I think it is negativity bias. Uh, we remember bad experiences much stronger. Mm. So when we pick a player for a double game week and then they don't get enough points or if they get a red card in the first game and then misses the second game, we remember those right. things. And because to yeah. fit double game week players you change your team a lot and so you need to sacrifice some you know good players who have only single game weeks and then if they go off then you regret your decision but it's kind of a probability thing i mean there are more chance for a double game week player to get points and they are likely to get more points uh, like in the long run too so yep. if that's the case, so even if the you know coin is fifty one percent head, forty nine percent tails, you will you need to choose head. So yeah, that's why optimization when we give all the values to optimization solvers, they usually spit out lots of double game week players, and yeah. that's for a good reason. But I also mm. understand you know why people are skeptical uh, from their past experiences. Double game week players should be preferred. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it does sound logical. They have two games versus other players having one game, to put it very simplistic. Uh, but at the same time, as you said, it's more complicated than that. Uh, often there's also rotation that can be involved huh? because if you do have a double game week, it's, it's often two games that uh, are planned quite soon after each other. So it's always a risk that, that players will be on the bench. But in general, it does make sense to go for uh, as many double game week players as you can, I would say. Exactly. And uh, regarding the rotation point, normally yep. we expect a prediction model to take care of it. So, for example, let's say FBI review mm. is trying to calculate the projected points. Uh, it needs yep. to check, you know, how if the player was rested when there are two games that are disclosed in the past and should come up with a probability of, okay, if the player plays in the first game, there is, let's say, 40% chance mm. of he will be on the bench. And then if you do this, you can, again, calculate the expected value. So it will be the right. average of all the outcomes. And that's essentially what we use in the solver. And yeah. as far as I know, Review is doing a good job on uh, measuring these probabilities and then coming up with the values. So, I mean, yeah. I feel at ease when I you know optimize a team using the data. Yeah, definitely. All right. It's good that we covered that at the start. And then with that in mind, let's take a look at some of the confirmed uh, double game weeks. Mm -hmm. So the confirmed double game weeks are game week 19, where Chelsea and Fulham have doubles. And in game week 20, we have Manchester City and Tottenham. And in mm -hmm. game week 23, we have Arsenal and Manchester City again. And mm -hmm. these are just the confirmed ones. And there are some okay. uncertain fixtures. And obviously, Ben Krillin is following these and updating us. So I used FBI reviews uh, probabilities for the uncertain fixtures by default values. Uh, we have 10% chance of having Bournemouth versus Brighton in game week 19. And also, so this game can also go to game week 21 with 30% probability. And Br Brighton versus Crystal Palace can go to game week 19 with 5% probability, so it's very low. 
and with 70% probability it will go to game week 21 so that Brighton has a chance of getting a triple game week uh, I mean the, the chances is low but there is some chance and yeah Manchester City versus Tottenham can go to game week 20 even though we mentioned this is a confirmed uh, double game week I think there's maybe a chance of it not happening Chelsea versus Liverpool can happen in game week 21 with 10% probability and finally Arsenal versus Everton can happen in game week 21 with 70% probability that's something to consider with what we know now uh, regarding the confirmed fixtures uh, I also sorted teams by how good their fixtures are for the next eight game weeks and so I mean Manchester City obviously has the best because they have two doubles but I also see Chelsea because Chelsea is playing Bournemouth and Nottingham Forest for the next two game weeks and then ha ha have a double and then playing Palace they have a Liverpool game but then they play Fulham so overall Chelsea has a really good fixture Manchester City we have mentioned and then Fulham because they have a double in game week 19 and in this horizon they also play Southampton in 18 and then Nottingham Forest in 23 Tottenham is another good uh, team to target although their double is very difficult they are playing Arsenal at home and City at away and then regarding and among the single uh, and among teams with single game weeks only Southampton has the best fixtures and then comes Nottingham Forest okay yeah that's a good way to look at it I'm looking at it together with you I are at the same screen um, already trying to uh, identify some of the teams I want to target. <laughs> Something that's quite interesting I just noticed is that Spurs, they play against City away in game week 20, and then they play City at home in game week 22. So it's just in a, in a few game weeks' time that they play them twice. It'll be uh, a tough run for them. But you could say the same against for City, of course. Not easy to play against Spurs. Um, okay, and yeah, usually, of course, when we talk about double game weeks, that's also uh, something to consider for our chips, like uh, Triple Captain or maybe some of the other chips. Um, I don't know, is that coming to your mind already or are you waiting till later? Uh, I think I'm waiting for later because we tend yeah. to get bigger uh, double game weeks towards the end of the season because lots of yeah. you know, teams are out of the cup so they can have a mid-week mid game and yeah. so yeah I think I will so my thinking is this so if we have some clarity before the deadline for game week 17 uh, regarding these doubles you yeah. can optimize it like you can find an optimal selection of players who will help sure. you to go through this double game week period so you don't need yeah. to spend your spend any chips but if you don't have a good team and then when the doubles come you realize that everyone have <laughs> everyone else yeah. has multiple players who have doubles but you don't then you will be tempted to use your chips either like free hit or wildcard or whatever but I don't think uh, it's good, good a good horizon for either free hit no. or wildcard. Even bench boost is questionable. But I'm sure mm -hmm. people will use their chips. 
Yeah, and I think it's really important, as you said, to to plan with this in mind, right? We're now in game week 17. We have unlimited transfers. Mm -hmm. The doubles are coming up in game week 19 and game week 20. So it's definitely something you can consider when you make your team now. So you can avoid using a chip like free hit um, or wild card so soon. Uh, You should keep it for later. I think the only one maybe that could be interesting potentially is triple captain, but... Some of the fixtures look quite tough. Um, I think it was also mentioned by other people. Yeah, normally Man City double game week. Yeah, you would consider a triple captain, for example, on Haaland. But you know he's playing Tottenham and Man United in in the same game week. So yeah, two yeah. quite difficult fixtures. And then in game week 23, it's Aston Villa and Arsenal. They play. Mm-hmm. Maybe a little bit easier, but still, Arsenal is of course uh, top of the league. And Aston Villa, uh, with a new manager, yeah, it's difficult to uh, to know what to expect there. Yeah. Okay, so it's good to look at this by team. And as you said, this can help you then to uh, optimize um, for the, the upcoming uh, weeks. Um, and I, I know that you did that using different, different data sources for it. So shall we take a look at uh, some of those optimal teams? Yeah, sure. Um... So before we talk about the teams, I need to warn people about this because I generated these teams yesterday and I woke up this morning, (laughs) I tried again and like lots of changes in the optimal team. I have noticed that. So this happens if the optimal solution is amongst the lots of other solutions that are very close to optimal. So that what we technically we call it a sensitive optimal solution, which means that even a slightest change in data will change the optimal solution. And in terms of fantasy, like we don't care if a bench player is replaced with someone else, but we are mostly concerned about which premium players we are picking. So it can change the team entirely because like if one of your premium players changed, suddenly you might have more money. So. With this in mind, so I ran this uh, last night with the updated values from all these five sources. And FBI reviews optimal team for seven game week period with default parameters, no transfers allowed is uh, Ederson in the goal and then Kepa as the bench goalkeeper. And I, if I remember correctly, he plays in one of the uh, game weeks. And in defense, we have Gabriel, Kukureya, Cancelo, Dunk, and James. In midfield, we have Saka, Martinelli, Gross, Trossard, Salah, and we have Mitrovic, Haaland, and Greenwood in forward. And note that we have Gross and Trossard, uh, Brighton players, and also Dunk. Uh, this should be because of the probability of having, you know, double or, or a triple game week for Brighton, obviously. Yeah. Oh, and, so that's already considered by the model? Yes, I think... So yeah. in FBI Reviews uh, Planner, there is this uncertain fixtures that you can enter your own probability. But right. we mentioned about the, you know, the probability. So those are the values that it's adding currently. Yeah, okay. Um, and I, Mikael uh optimal team has Ederson again and Leno. So as you see, mm-hmm. most of these models, they will give you... Uh, two playing goalkeepers and yeah. in defense we have white gabriel kukreya cancelo dunk 
And in midfield, mm. we have Martinelli, Trossard, Salah, Andreas, McAllister. And in forward, okay. we have Mitrovic, Darwin, and Haaland. Uh, again, mm. I think he's assuming that Brighton will get a double or triple in game week 21. And fantasy football Scott has Ward and Leno in goal. And mm-hmm. in defense, we have Gabriel, Thiago Silva, James, Trippier, and Tompkins. In midfield, we have Odegaard, Martinelli, De Bruyne, Foden, and Andreas. And in forward, we have Darwin, Haaland, and Mitrovic. So, mm. as you see, Mitrovic and Haaland were common uh, between these three. And also, Fantasy Football Fix have them too. Um, and yeah. I should also mention right at this point that there are two players that appear in all of these optimal teams. Uh, the first one is Gabriel. And the second one is Holland. Okay. And Fantasy Football Fix, Optimal, Pickford and Leno in the goal, Gabriel, Saliba, Thiago Silva, Cancelo, Schar in defense, Martinelli, Mount, De Bruyne, Almiron, Andreas in midfield, and Tony Holland, mm-hmm. Mitrovic in the forward. And finally, Fantasy Football Hub gives Ramsdale and Leno in the goal, Gabriel, Thiago Silva, uh, Chaloba, James, Walker in defense, Foden, Almiron, Son, uh, Cordova, Raid, and Andreas mm. in midfield, and finally Holland, Ma- Marshall, and Kane in the forward. Okay. I also checked how these teams score in, you know, other. Uh, projection models. So I gave reviews optimal team to let's say Mikhail Tokwam's projections put it and I tried to see how much difference there is and you can tell that review and Mikhail Tokwam again they were very close in the first part of the season again their score is similar so for example Mikhail's optimal do very good in reviews data and then reviews optimal do very good in Mikael's data. And so Scott and Fix are somewhat similar and Hub is quite different from all these four models. So Hub's optimal, for example, um, is scored quite different uh, in reviews model. Like for example, reviews optimal is scoring 470 points uh, with its own data, but Fantasy Football Hub's optimal is scoring only 403 points, so it's, there's a 60 points difference in terms of expected value, yeah. and that difference is only 15 when it comes to Mikhail Tokwam's optimal using reviews data. But yeah, hmm. again, I mean, so these are useful if you would like to have some opinion about you know what are the alternatives out there. But yeah, certainly nice yeah. to look at. No, definitely. And I hope that the people that are listening uh, were able to take some notes. <laughs> As you mentioned, uh, quite some names. Mm-hmm. So those are the names that definitely all of us should be considering. Uh, I was taking some notes as well. I think one thing that I was observing is that there was quite a low Liverpool coverage. So it seems that the models are now adjusting to kind of the poor, or let's say relatively poor, uh start of the season they had i think the only names we see from liverpool are salah and and darwin so no liverpool defenders at the moment yeah i'm not 
Yeah, I need to check how there's. Yeah, I need to check what's the defense projections for Liverpool. I haven't checked actually, but so the main mm -hmm. problem is they're expensive. Um, so in the yeah. first part of the season, it was kind of worth the, the price, but now right. that teams, there are some teams that have doubles like. Um, I mean, Chelsea obviously is a big consideration here, and then yeah. Arsenal has a double too. I mean, it's not close, but they will have a double. So yeah. I understand That's why model goes for City or Arsenal or Chelsea defenders, goalkeepers usually. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and I also noticed like with the goalkeepers, uh, yeah, Ward is still there and one of the options. I think for many people, Ward is a popular pick because he was cheap and. Yeah. Uh, you know, in the second half of, let's say, uh, uh, the, the start of the season, he was also keeping a lot of clean sheets, which at the start of the season wasn't the case. Uh, but it seems that most models are now going for Leno as second goalkeeper. So that's maybe also something for people to take a look at. And the other one I wrote down is, yeah, Odegaard and Martinelli are coming mm -hmm. up. And I saw an interesting tweet recently that, you know, Martinelli is being talked about a lot. But if you look at the underlying data, then Odegaard is actually on par or sometimes even scoring better while he's a little bit cheaper. So that's, again, maybe something to consider. And with that one also, it seems that it's, uh, Martinelli could be out of position. He could yeah. be the striker with Jesus being injured. Mm, so that's, again, that. something to keep an eye on as well. That could be interesting too. Yeah, I was going to mention that. Yeah, Martinelli. If, I mean, I also have bad memories with Havertz playing, uh, you know, out of position, but like from last year. But uh, yeah, I mean, he... I mean, the price difference is only 0 0.4. I mean, if you are going to keep only one uh, Arsenal midfield, then... Maybe, but yeah, I feel like for the price, Martinelli has lots of yeah. I mean, his projections are so so good. So um, yeah, you would keep him. Yeah, yeah, I think I will have him in my okay. team. I I don't know which players I will end up with, but I feel like Martinelli will be one of them for sure. Yeah, I think especially the midfield is a, a that will be the difficult one for most people to think, you know, who to who to pick because there's so many options. Um also with upcoming fixtures. Um I think Man United is also looking quite good on the short term, so we could have uh, Rashford there. I see some people also going for Bruno who's maybe not so much appearing yet in the models, but you know, we know what he can do. Um, of course, we have Kulusevski potentially back in the picture as an option. I see Mount being mentioned as well with the good fixtures from Chelsea. So, yeah, midfield, I think, will be for most people uh, the difficult one in terms of who to choose. All right. So, yeah, we saw a lot of names, quite some popular names. Uh, there was a question actually also from FPL Gato who was saying that sometimes you see the model proposing players like Walker or Botman, uh, and he is wondering why they are recommended over more popular teammates like Cancelo or Trippier. Um, 
Is that something you, you want to mention there, how, how we can explain that? So, I mean, it's obvious that Cancelo and Trippier, I mean, they are good and they are highly picked, but, I mean, they play for the, you know, same team so that when they have a clean sheet, the others will also have a clean sheet. I think the only difference is if there will be any offense output from these players or if there's any, any chance of getting a bonus. And... And also, I mean, obviously rotation is a part of it, but like if, if we are comparing players that we don't expect rotation usually. Um, so the, if the difference is small enough, I mean, let's say Cancel and Walker, if their projections are close enough, with the extra budget, you can upgrade your midfield player or I don't know, like for your forward. That's why optimization is just kind of considering all these possibilities, all these combinations. And then when it gives you a solution, it doesn't really care about how risky it is. So, and I'm saying risky in the sense that you are going against the the field. So, and if you, instead of cancel and TRPI, if you go with Walker and uh, Botman, for example, you can get behind if one of the cancel or TRPI get, keeps getting bonuses or get a goal or something. But well, from the other perspective, if Walker gets a bonus, let's say, then you will be at a massive advantage compared to the field because everyone has cancel or everyone has Trippier, so you can actually jump in ranks. But so optimal solution doesn't care about this. I mean, it just tries to maximize expected value, even for the tiniest uh, like digits, even if it is you know, 0.001 higher, it will suggest to you this is the team you need to have. But then you can actually add risk factor into it you can say that i want to play a little bit safer and i was busy with implementing that uh over this world cup too uh fantasy football trout came up with this variance metric that now i am adding into my model so first of all i am solving the problem uh directly i'm finding the expected value optimal expected value and then i, I was able to see the risk how much risk it is generating and then depending on whether you want to, you know, play a little bit riskier so that you can jump in ranks, mm -hmm. obviously there's a trade-off, but, or if yeah. you want to play safer, you can actually change the optimal solution. It's, it's really cool. Yeah. All right. Cool. Good to mention that. Um, all right. Let's, let's take one other look at the goalkeepers. We did mention uh, Leno. I think you also mentioned Ederson a few times. And FPL Claret had a question about that. So, yeah, we often see premium keepers uh, coming up in, in, in the models, even though most of us managers maybe uh, try to avoid uh, those from a, from a budget perspective. But uh, yeah, FPL Claret was asking why the models prefer them. So maybe, yeah. again, something to say about that. Yeah. So, I mean, premium goalkeepers are being suggested because obviously those teams have a really high uh, chance of getting a clean sheet so that their expected value is high. And if you compare it to a defender from the same team, they are usually much cheaper. I mean, even the, you know, you know most expensive premium goalkeepers are uh, cheaper than their defenders from the same, you know, top team. So if you are only considering clean sheets for your defenders or goal, goalkeepers i mean if you if you want to target let's say 
Chelsea defenders or goalkeepers. I mean, getting the goalkeeper is usually cheaper if you don't consider the offense output. And so, and the solver is obviously optimizing. So it's like, okay, if I drop, if I can save 0. Point, I don't know, let's say 5 by choosing a goalkeeper from this team instead of a defender, I can use that money to upgrade my forward, for example. Oops. Then it will do it. Yeah. And that's why premium goalkeepers appear often. But people are very skeptical. And the reason is this. So usually there's a mid-price goalkeeper or sometimes even a budget goalkeeper who gets more points uh, than a premium goalkeeper or all the premium goalkeepers. So people are like, yeah, why do I need to spend that much money on this goalkeep premium goalkeeper if I can get this cheap option and then get more points? But then we are talking about the probabilities. And one thing about against premium goalkeepers is the that they allocate a valuable spot in your squad. Like for example, if you get Ederson, you won't be able to get a third city attacker and or a premium defender. So that's only consideration you should have regarding premium goalkeepers. I mean in terms of cost. I don't think there is enough difference between premium and mid-price goalkeepers to justify going for the mid-price. But if you want to have, I don't know, like De Bruyne and Haaland and then a City defender for some reason, yeah, then you need to just think about it. Yeah. And maybe another point is often that goalkeepers have less rotation risk. I mean, oh, there yeah, are a few too. teams yeah. now, like like maybe Chelsea, where we did see some rotation. But if we think about City with Ederson and knowing Pep Roulette, you know, normally Ederson is not part of the roulette. So if you want to be assured of a City defensive asset, then that can be another consideration to go for Ederson. Yeah, yeah great point. Yeah, especially with the doubles. I mean, there's just less yeah. risk for rotation. Yeah. Yeah. All right, cool. So yeah, we covered quite a lot of points again. Thank you, Sirtop. Um, in general, regarding our strategy, uh, Greg Andrews Burner on Twitter was asking if we have changed our strategy since the beginning of the year. So that's a pretty good question too. So how about you, Sirtop, and your strategy? Uh, I don't think I have changed my strategy since the beginning of the year. And am mm -hmm. I planning to... Probably not. I mean, before the World Cup begins, I was thinking of adding this risk factor and then maybe taking a little bit more risk going forward. But then I I don't know about it. So I feel like <laughs> I'm already upset with how my season is going. If it gets any worse than this, <laughs> I will get really upset. And so I want to just keep following the algorithm because suddenly if it make yeah. if it you know, turns out to have great results and then I'm not there. Like if I pick a player because of my biases, which will close a path to the the players that the algorithm is suggesting, yeah, I will suffer it. I will be, <laughs> I will be upset about it. So that's why right. yeah. I think I will uh, stick to my guns, stick to the algorithm, won't change my strategy too much. Uh, mm -hmm. Especially with the doubles, where I think the 
you know projections data really shines i think it's time for me to follow the the optimal team as much as i can but i was wondering if you have changed your strategy because yeah so it was a bumpy ride until here for both of us yeah yeah you know and i I play more on intuition i would say that's what makes me the casual manager (laughs) but uh, i did change my strategy a few times already definitely i started with more big at the back kind of formation i think as many of us did but then quite fast in the season i tried to move funds first to the front line and then later to the midfield um so yeah i think in fpl you always need to stay quite flexible you need to see who are the players that are really proving to be in form and also to consider of course upcoming fixtures uh on a on a let's say four to six game weeks horizon especially where we are now with unlimited transfers i think you know that's that's definitely what we should take a look at when when we plan um so currently my plan is again to mostly focus on midfield and attack not so much on defense uh, and I'm also trying not to look too much at the template teams let's say but really trying this time to create my own team as I think it's also more fun like that and it should give me a good chance of making up some ground I, I hope if I get it right <laughs> so um, yeah, are you avoiding defense because like there wasn't really clean shits in the first part of the season um, yeah, and I think also there are a lot of uh, mid and low-priced options mm. who also look quite good. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the the premium options in some cases didn't prove their value so much. Huh? Mm-hmm. I think we talked about Trent, we talked about Robo, even though yeah they were rested. So you know it could be that in a few weeks from now we will all jump again on uh, on Trent and Robo. I think things can change fast, but for the moment, I don't think most of us have a reason to go there. Yeah. You could say the same about Cancelo, um, even though you know he did have a few good scores. I think in general, we didn't see the attacking threat from him that we like to see uh, in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, that's also something that can change quite fast. But, you know, we need to plan based on what we know now. And based on that, I think I will try to save some budget. The, 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 the trickiest one for me is uh, Reese James, I think, with Chelsea. You know, he's back. He's looking like an attractive option because also Chelsea has good feature uh, fixtures. But at the same time, we also know that, uh, yeah, there's rotation risk. And with him, there's also injury risk always. So should we go for him or not is the question. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's a good question. Yeah, James is making me think too. <laughs> I have yeah. seen his name in a couple of models. And even some models think that they he won't play the, the following week. But then he will start uh. playing the week after. And despite that, they he appears in optimal solutions because if he yeah. plays, we know that he, he can do serious damage. Definitely. Yeah. Oh, it's tough. Yeah, a lot of tough decisions to be made. We still have a few days though. <laughs> yeah, I wish we didn't have this like free transfers options. So if we could, I don't know, like come back from the World Cup and then just roll our free transfer and keep playing, it was going to be easier. 
Yeah, oh, I don't gives know. us more to think about. Well, that makes it fun, though. It is, yeah. All right. Okay, I think uh, we covered everything we wanted to cover. Do you agree? Was there yes. anything else? No, nothing. Okay. Well, it feels good to be back. Mm-hmm. It feels good to be talking about this again. Same. Thank you, Sirtop. And uh, good luck, everyone, with getting your teams ready for the Boxing Day fixtures. Uh, and besides FPL, of course, first and foremost, do also enjoy the holidays with your loved ones. Sirtop and I wish you a very Merry Christmas. And we will be back with another podcast next week. Uh, You can subscribe to our podcast so you will know when the next episode is out. Or you can follow us on Twitter. For Surtop, it's at SurtopBilal. And for me, it's at BelfiBB. So thanks, everyone. Happy holidays and talk to you next time.